Hi, I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic, and welcome to episode 45. Ever a dahadzakahar? I do this every time. Ever a dahadzakuig of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe, all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. And for all about this podcast, just go to www.bitesizeirishgaelic.com forward slash podcast. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. It's uh, Jer Colleen, and he teaches cultural studies and creative writing at uh, Merrillhurst University near Portland, Oregon. He's a poet and author of several books. Jer, do you what can I to? Oh, time go hunt your father. Oh, and I was too fain. Sure, time my house. Can I swill on? I'm sure in Oregon initially she will on sour egg chacht. Ta on sour egg chacht. I guess in youth ta she go Hanawa her father. Ta on law go jazz screen for. I guess um uh, well ta she I hope the clogger imagine and sure so so ta she four. I go big on law egg Irene is far. Uh, uh, oh, go on. And so the, the summer is coming to Portland, Oregon, and uh, thanks to Jer for joining me early in his day because he's on Pacific time and I'm over in Limerick in Ireland. So Jer, you were telling me that you're from Limerick originally. Are you from the city? I am. I'm from uh, Limerick City, and so I grew up there and went to school there um, up until the leaving cert. And uh, I actually, you know, um, like a lot of people in Ireland, we didn't necessarily speak a lot of Irish at home, but I uh, used to go to the Gaeltacht uh, quite a lot when I was a kid, um, down to uh, uh, Dunqueen and Corcagina. And um, so uh, I had a lot of interest in uh, the Irish language uh, ever since I was a child. My father was a little bit nationalistic, and so <laughs> he, encour- he encouraged it <laughs> quite a bit. So, um, oh, Was this the kind of the organized uh, three, week, uh, three weeks that the students spend at the Gaeltacht during summer or with your family? Um, it was a bit of both, actually. I, I remember the, um, uh, the organized uh, events being sometimes a lot more fun. <laughs> because <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be away from uh, the, the clutches of your family uh, for a while anyway. And, uh, and actually, you know, you, 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 know, you, you would learn uh, quite a bit and uh, you'd uh, uh, start to understand, at least on some level, the, um, uh, how living the language was. Uh, in a way that you didn't often uh, get in school, for example. Ah, uh, yeah. Because um, isn't it true that if you're in the, basically most of Ireland, the English-speaking parts, that it's easy to ignore that there are still communities using Irish in the local shops and the local church and that, isn't it? Oh, it, it, totally, yes, it is. And um, and it's one of the things, you know, um, uh, here in, in, in Oregon, um, with the the people that I'm in contact with, who are either um, people who have been my students or uh, people from the community who have an interest in in the language, um, I really encourage them to go 
to the Gaeltacht because uh, you can visit Ireland, for example, and and only see like Irish on the road signs or hear a little bit on on the radio, you know, mm. and and actually, you know, um, a, a quick visit to Connemara or to uh, to Dingle or something like that. I mean, it's it's very clear, you know, that there are like quite a number of people for whom Irish is their day to day tongue, and uh, and hearing it, I think, for a lot of people, is one of those things that that inspires them to uh, keep learning and and continue with it. Mm, excellent. So, when you were in school, Jer, like, were you like on the on the better side of Irish speakers at school? I, I probably was, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I I liked it an awful lot, actually, and mm. I had um, uh, some very good teachers. And um, like my my um, uh, my professional interest is in is in literature in in general. You know, I teach Irish literature uh, at the university, and so um, no. Uh, so for me, you know. Uh, trying to be, let's say, be good at Irish, uh, at the language, was a way of, of understanding uh, literature in Irish, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, so that, was, that was really my um, main interest, you know, at, at the time, because, it, uh, you know, um, I remember growing up, you know, there were, there were lots of, of uh, novels and poems in Irish that, there weren't translations available for, for example. Mm. So it's really the only way into it was to actually have a knowledge of the language and, and work with it. So, um, so, so I took uh, uh, honors Irish all the way up to the leaving cert and did pretty well with it. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. excellent. And back um, in Limerick City, like, how would you compare it uh, to when you were growing up um, to today? It's there's it's a lot different actually. When I was growing up, which would have been in the uh, you know I would have been a teenager in the in the late seventies, uh, the economy was was a lot worse, <laughs> believe it or not, than it, than it is now. <laughs> I think anyway. I think anyway, and um, uh, and there didn't seem to be as many um, opportunities, let's say. But you know, uh, there were also like great things. I mean, about Limerick when I was growing up there. I mean, even though it's a it's a, a relatively large city, it 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 felt as if everybody knew each other. I don't know if that's an advantage or a disadvantage, <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it certainly uh, uh, you know like felt as if like uh, it was a it was a good place to 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 be at home to mm-hmm. grow up. You know, and. Um, and of course, just from the point of view of like uh, speaking Irish, even though like Limerick technically isn't in a Gaeltacht or anything like that, there are an awful lot of opportunities, as I recall. People with, with everybody from everything from the Kupla Fockel to people who were um, real, really in favor of, of, of keeping the language uh, vibrant. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I just I just remember going to a number of uh, of readings um, at the at the time it would have been the uh, the, the city art gallery and uh, where where poets or readers would come in English and in Irish but I remember going to a few of them in, in Irish mm-hmm. when I was like 16 or 17 and um, feeling the vibrancy of 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 the culture I suppose mm, excellent I was in a pub called Nancy Blake's at the weekend 
Um, I know it well. (laughs) (laughs) There was a traditional Irish group. It was Monday. They said they're there every Monday. And I was talking to one of the singers afterwards. And he was a real Limerick City man. And uh, one point of interest was his accent. He really rolled every R he has. Uh, Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, was it overstated or not? But he definitely had an, an older accent than what I hear from my local Limerick neighbours. It's it's changing yeah. from generation to generation, isn't it? It very, very much so. Yeah. I mean my grandmother, for example, uh, you know, she had a very strong, like I guess you'd say like like Limerick City accent, you know. Um, where, for example, you know, the T at the end of a word often got pronounced like almost like a, a an SH sound, like, you know, so instead of saying cat um, it, it sounded something like cash, you know, or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and she was kind of hard to understand <laughs> for, for, for some people anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, people tell me anyway, my, my family tells me, <laughs> as, as one of my friends said, you know, well, your accent is ruined <laughs> uh, oh, because well. uh, I've lived in so many different places. So, uh, uh, but, uh, but you're right. I mean, they're very distinctive. Uh, Limerick accent that you can still hear it in certain parts of the city I think yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah so Jer how, how did you end up then over in Oregon well actually by uh, my my girlfriend um, was originally from Oregon and so um, I moved over here to um, to be with her basically mm-hmm. and uh, and so um, and after we got married I decided that uh, I, I'd stay <laughs> that was basically it <laughs> It's a very, very, very basic story. Excellent. Yeah, back in uh, episode 41, we were talking to uh, artist Ashlyn Adams, who lives in oh, Oregon. Yeah, I know her, I know her well. Oh, yeah. Excellent. In Salem, if I'm right off top of my head. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So um, she was giving her impression of, you know, some um, connections with how Oregon itself, uh, depending on where you are, uh, even just weather wise and she was talking about her interest in plants and uh, some nice connections there with Ireland so I'm just wondering what was your uh, Irish perception of Oregon when you got there first it, it was well it's okay so um, uh, I live in a county that's a, a little bit more rural I live I don't live in Portland itself mm-hmm. I live outside of it and 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 believe it or not in certain kinds of light certain days this particular area which is uh near the coast is actually reminds me of county limerick Hmm. um it's got uh it's a it's a big um dairy area for example Mm -hmm. you know and um and it's got these kind of like rolling hills and then and the climate is very mild admittedly one of the differences there's the, the the forests are bigger like uh uh in 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 my local area here um, than they than they would be. The trees are bigger, for example. But you know, you drive uh, uh, a few hours, and 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 you can literally be in what we call the high desert here, where it's a completely different landscape and a completely mm. different uh, you know uh, climate as well. So 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 Oregon is about you probably know is about three times the size of Ireland. And um, and so it has it extends all the way from the uh, the California Northern California border up to the Washington border and 
and then further east to uh, to Idaho. And so, so it's 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 a it's a large area with a lot of different um, uh, uh, climates and, mm. and landscapes in it, you know. And so, so like for example, you mentioned Ashley, and she lives probably about a couple of hours away from where where I am. Mm-hmm. And they get slightly more severe winters even in that um, area than we do here where I live. So, uh, excellent, Jer. I- I, I mentioned that you're a poet and an author, so you I think you you do most of your your writing, your poetry in the English language, and you've written a bit in Irish too, haven't you? I, I have that's that's true, actually, you know, I mean, one of the uh, uh, kind of interesting things that happened here is that um, in in Oregon was that um, uh, a number of years ago, a little publisher here. Um, who uh, was interested in Ireland? In fact, uh, the the owner of the the publishing company had mm-hmm. actually lived there in Ireland back, I guess, back in the sixties, even or seventies, um, for quite a while, and uh, and he was interested in um, uh, doing a, a book of poetry in mm-hmm. in Irish, and asked if I would be interested, and and I said, well, of course, you know, and. Um, and so, so I did. I uh, uh, I wrote a little book called "Lia Alim Hikar Tanta," which means a stone that will leap over the waves. And um, uh, sh- should I read a, a short poem from it? Or? Uh, I would love that. And um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so this one is is very short. It's called "Mavan uh, Sagardin," my my wife in the garden. Okay. Korkrianchi Nahingne. Then a quid full of fain, Eglurg the smear a dova, Imyast the nyalog, Sperenshi is shock lay, Suichon and taurig, Is tasha village na hibra, A laganshi ermavail, which means she paints her nails with her own blood, reaching for the blackberries between the thorns, carries into the house the succulence of summer, drops on my mouth. The sweetness of her labour. Shinan Rod, Shinay. Gahunta, Gahan, and Gomidish, Nesmera Dove, the blackberries. That's that's beautiful, Jer. Do you think oh. if could we um give the words and the translation on the podcast show notes when this goes live? Absolutely, I will send them to you. Ah, uh, that'd be excellent. So if if you did hear Jer read out his poem, you can go back. You can of course listen back to this. You can go to um, the show notes too and in your own time work through it. I love the imagery, like even the first line you had where she paints her old nails. Uh, yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got very thorny blackberries here. So. I do, yeah. It's, <laughs> definitely, do. it's one of the, the treats of um, kind of late summer, I guess, in Ireland, isn't it? You can go out and pick blackberries just about anywhere you go. You can indeed, yeah, boy, yeah. It's it's one of my favorite fruits. Uh, never get tired of them. No. Yeah. Do you, now? My dad says there's some kind of, um, I guess, a, a bad image around eating blackberries, and it might have been if you were so poor and so hungry uh, during the famine, even that you'd end up then eating blackberries. Have you heard this at all, Jer? You know, I did. I, I I've heard that as well. But you know, I think the uh, things have changed considerably. <laughs> yeah. It's now like almost like a delicacy, a, re- a, a delicacy ready to hand. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Like 
we we pay you know a few euros for a little box of uh, blueberries uh, grown in Chile, or it, it it changes throughout the year. But then you eat blackberries and you can taste. Wait a second, this is much better, fresh, and it's just beautiful. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Yes. So, um, staying on the literary side, Jer, um, I wrote, I, I read one quick interview that was written uh, online with you, and you wrote about um how language affects your perception um of things around you. So what I was interested in was, would you have any opinion on the differences between the English language and the Irish language and how they might kind of affect your perceptions or how do the speakers in each of those languages uh, express themselves? Oh, yeah. Um, You know, as well, you know, as a as a poet, um, one of the things is that you ought to be very careful with your language anyway, you know, and uh, th- there's a famous um, statement by the uh, Irish writer uh, Martin O'Kine, uh, who said that you, 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 you should handle words uh, as delicately as if they were eggs, you know, um, that, they're, that they're, they're precious things. And he was talking in, about uh, words in Irish, especially uh, from, from his point of view. And um, so, you know, with that in the background, I mean, I, I often think that um, when I when I write or I think uh, in Irish as opposed to English, I mean, a couple of interesting things happen. So, so first, probably, you know, your listeners would know, you know, that usually the the, the verb in the sentence comes first in in Irish, for example, you know, mm-hmm. and and that kind of changes the way in which like the order of your perceptions happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, when you're thinking about it, you know, if you say, like, um, the dog ate the bread in English, what your, your first focus is on, you know, like on, on the actor as such, the, mm-hmm. the, the person or the thing doing the action. But in Irish, you know, the first thing you'd say is the, which is the verb ate, you know. Mm. And so, the, fun- so the, uh, the, the focus initially would be on, you know, the actual action itself. And then you would start thinking about who did it and who, who did it. Uh, and and what he did it to, you know, and and that's maybe a tiny example, but it's it's one of those things where I think the way different languages kind of like chop up the conceptual plane differently, and so I I find like uh, like mostly working in English, but uh, mm-hmm. working from time to time in Irish as well is that Irish is often a little bit of a um, an impetus to think about something differently. Um, if I'm if I'm working on a poem, let's say in English, and I'm having trouble in a particular stanza with something, sometimes if I try to think about it uh, as uh, in Irish, I'll find a way of saying something which seems a lot better, which I can then put back into the English, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so 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 I guess you know it, it's a really like useful tool to me personally just as a writer, um, to be able to uh, shift between the two um, in that kind of way. Hmm, that's lovely, yeah? Uh, just what you were saying about the verb coming first, um, we have a book of Peter Rabbit here at home, and it's in it's written in English, and I've read it so many times to my little son. I, I tell the story in Irish, so I'm following along the English, kind of. 
So one of the first pages is about um, how Flopsy, Mopsy and Cottontail went down the lane to pick some blackberries. And <laughs> uh, it's such a long sentence with Flopsy, Mopsy and Cottontail that when I'm saying it in Irish, it kind of stops me in my track because I, I have to read forward and I go, oh yeah, so the verb is huig, they went. So huig, Flopsy, Mopsy, August Cottontail, she is in Boher or whatever. <laughs> Right, right. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah, that's very interesting, Jer. Thanks for sharing that. Very oh, nice. So, about uh, Portland and uh, further field and Oregon, uh, what's the Irish language scene like? It's surprisingly active, actually. You know, I had no uh, idea when I got here that it would be um, so vibrant, actually, you know. Um, at, 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 we used to offer um, uh, complete four credit courses at my university in Irish, for example, because the demand was there, you know, and um, and there are several opportunities throughout the city of Portland to actually learn Irish, um, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> and one of the things that's interesting to me is like, who are the kinds of people who who want to learn? You know? Yeah, do share. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, so there, uh, a lot of people, they they have a, uh, something of an Irish background. Maybe their grandparents came from Ireland, or even their great grandparents, and so they were aware of their heritage to some extent, and 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 wanting to do something with the language was maybe the next step, you know, for them to do that. Mm. Uh, you know, they, maybe they had heard about, they had done stuff with their genealogy and stuff like that. So that would have been one thing. And then the second thing was there's a very, very vibrant Irish music scene in Portland, traditional music. And I, uh, you know, some of my initial contacts were with people who um, said, you know, I love such and such a song, for example, Roisin Dove, you know, and I'd really love to know, first of all, like how to sing it in Irish, or I'd love to know like what exactly the words mean, you know? Mm. And so so those kind of people were filtering through to the language from out of the the other aspects of the culture, like um, like music and song and, mm. and even dance, for example. So so you get you get quite the variety, but they're they all have one thing in common, which is they 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 just have this this um, deep need to make a connection with the the country that their ancestors came from you know mm. and, and so the the language is one of the the ways in which people do that yeah and isn't it such a personal way to do it you're making such a deep personal connection i feel when you, you do learn even little bits to express yourself in the language and yeah, music is an extension of that too isn't it I agree to totally. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, I, I had a conversation with a woman who uh, was learning uh, Irish, and uh, she was she had a little bit of just a little bit, and she said uh, she finally um, went and visited the uh, the Connemara Gaeltacht, mm -hmm. and she was driving somewhere, and uh, there was a car going very slow in front of her, and she wanted to overtake it, and she was trying to decide whether she had enough room. And she said, suddenly the words, ni fedzerdom, 
popped into her head, and, and it was her first spontaneous thought ever in Irish. Oh, excellent. <laughs> and, and she was so happy that that she didn't think of it in English first. It was more like, oh, I can't do it in Irish. Ni long, you know? So um, so that's the kind of connection that you you have. And, of course, she, she this particular person went on to, to, to learn an awful lot of Irish and a, a very good speaker now. Mm. Well... Would you um, recommend people to go out of their way and make it to the Gwaeltacht regions if they're visiting Ireland? I I encourage people all the time to do that, you know, because um, you, you, you do get to, to you know, hear an Irish spoken fluently and naturally by local people. And, uh, and I think you probably know yourself, you know, how... Often people are, are really honoured that somebody from uh, who, who wasn't born in Ireland wants to take up the language. And I, I personally find that people in the Gaeltacht are extremely generous about um, speaking to people who have even only a tiny bit of Irish mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, you know, and are, are just interested in the fact that, you know, oh, why would somebody from, you know, the United States or from Australia even want to learn Irish? And they're, they're, they're very happy to help. That's my experience anyway. So I always encourage people to go. And uh, whenever I'm back in Ireland myself, you know, after uh, a little bit with my family, I am off down to uh, Ventry and Dunqueen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that's where I spend a lot of my time. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it, down there in County Kerry? Oh, it's great. It's great. Um, do you find the time to meet up with Irish speakers uh, back in Oregon? Uh, yes, um, you know, actually, uh, most weeks uh, during uh, term time at school, uh, we have a little conversation group uh, where in Irish. There's a, a three or four of us are regulars uh, where we meet for a couple of hours and just, you know, as they say, shoot the breeze. And um, it's it's very helpful, you know, because um, as I think I might have been saying before, um, it's uh, it, it's easy to lose little bits of your your fluency mm. when you're so surrounded by anglophone culture all the time and you're not uh, even you're not even seeing like the 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 the, the very basic things like um, uh, overhearing radio the Gaeltachta or or seeing something on television or seeing a road sign. So uh, what we've discovered, um, my 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 friends and I, is that you know. Just meeting for you know an hour or two a week and talking about you know politics or talking about sport or something like that, um, we we get to um, at least you know uh, feel connected still to the language and and we're we have a kind of a an unspoken rule which is you know um, uh, you don't 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 correct anybody's grammar or anything like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but we do, uh, uh, everybody is very eager to say, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're not, if you don't have a word exactly, or you, you're interested in, in learning a new word, you didn't understand completely something, um, uh, please be sure to, 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 uh, let the person know, um, uh, what the way of saying that would be, you know? Mm. And so, and so it, it almost is like a, a, a kind of a, a very easygoing um, like class as well as at times, you know, um, uh, uh, sometimes we, 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 we read the same book 
and there might be, you know, a, a problematic phrase or a sentence in there that we discuss, that kind of thing, you know. Mm. So, so it's excellent. fun. Yeah, excellent. Lovely. So, Jer, um, you've published a couple of books. Is there anyone in particular? Uh, we'll link to your Irish language uh, book uh, from the show notes. Is there any other particular book you'd like to let the listeners know um, that they could maybe Google and find out a little bit more about you? Sure. Uh, I think um, uh, my favorite book of my own mm-hmm. <laughs> is, um, is one It's called Blood Orbits. And um, that came out about uh, 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 six or seven years ago. And um, it's, a, it's a fairly large collection of, of, of poetry. And um, uh, from, from my own point of view, I just think the, the poems in there are among the more successful that I've written. So uh, I, I, I'll, send a, I'll send a link to that maybe. Excellent. That. We'll have yeah. that. So that's the second mention of blood with your poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I'm obsessed about it, even though I do really like Dracula, yeah. <laughs> okay, excellent. Well, Ger, um it was so nice to talk to you today. It was a real pleasure. So, Gurmila Mahagut. Oh, ta Mila Falcha, Owen, Agus, Bavralium, on podcast, Klashtal, Oregon. Mm-hmm, umtach. Well, Beshe, Amwe, Arihan Taurig, Igabilisiku Jug. So this, um, when we publish uh, this episode, we'll have um, excellent links and show notes uh, for this particular one because Jer was so kind to read his dawn, his his poem uh, during the podcast. And thanks so much, Jer. So if you want to leave a comment, if you've been listening to this, um, you can leave it on the show notes page. So how you do that is you go to bitesizeirishgaelic.com forward slash podcast and you just click through to the show notes page for episode 45 and if you're loving the the show the best you can do is uh, hop onto the itunes store and search for bite size irish gaelic podcast and choose to leave a written review that helps us promote this podcast on itunes Uh, you can always send us questions at bite size to the email address info at bitesizeirishgaelic.com Finally, as always, thanks to Tsukumo for their music, which you hear on this episode under a Creative Commons license. And until the next episode, Slán Gafol, bye for now. <laughs>